0: And welcome to the Story X Story podcast, where we discuss stories across pop culture, plus give you advice on creating your own. It's episode 138, and I'm your co host, Nigel.
1: I am Tazzy, content creator and co host.
0: And as always, we like to bring you interesting discussions with diverse voices and to help us out with our venture into the mushroom kingdom is Sky Tunley Stainton, partnerships and training officer at Safe in Our World. Sky, welcome back to the show.
2: Oh, thank you so much. Hello.
0: And also with us is a first time on the podcast is manga creator Laura Watton, aka Pink Apple Jam Laura. Welcome back, kind of, because we've spoken before, but not on this podcast.
3: Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, at first I was like, Am I on Twitch? No, wait, no, it's a podcast. Yeah. Go for it, subscribe here. Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> there you go. Our, our work here is done. So um, we've completed the hat trick of in person conversation, live stream conversation, and podcast conversation. So there you go. I didn't know it was our hat trick until I just said it right now. But so. Don't forget you can subscribe to StoryX Story wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also send us your feedback and questions to feedback at my or on social media. We are at MyMatter on Twitter, at MyMatter TV on Instagram and TikTok, or at Tassie on all the above. You can also jump in our Discord, which is available today. Be part of the MyMatter universe and meet others in the community. And we have a new Studio 77 membership coming, which will give access to our video content after all our live streams disappear from Twitch. Also comic and illustration content and early access to tickets to My Matter events. So we've got a lot of stuff we've been working on behind the scenes and it's gonna be unveiled over the year, so stay tuned for that but before we get into today's story discussions let's update you with the latest from the my matter universe and we are going to be at the london comic-con over the weekend over that weekend in may and on the sunday so the 28th of may we'll be talking manga so we'll be on the artist alley stage from 2.30pm on the 28th of May, talking about manga with a panel of guests. So we'll put a link in the show notes because it'll be on the MCM Comic-Con page. And then people can join us on a day, come with your questions. We'll be talking about manga, how it's been used outside of Japan, adapted in other mediums, and the, the line between sort of appreciation and cultural appropriation. Uh, so it'll be an interesting discussion you can get all of our manga titles from our website from samurai chef our very first manga to serious through the fog our latest manga Uh, we do all ages stories that are set within our television network universe over on the video game side of things we have launched our do i look like a gamer campaign so this is a campaign that we did start last year to promote inclusion and diversity in the video games industry and it's now a yearly initiative so we're building on the work that we did last year continuing the push for diversity in games culture and industry and sky is in it so one of the 40 you will see at some point i can't remember the schedule off the top of my head but you're in there somewhere (coughs) So that was all done as part of the snapshot of 40 players and makers that we brought together to showcase representation that does exist today and inspire future generations of diverse talent. And also the new campaign will come with a new schedule of events. So we have, well for May at least, we're going to be at Barclays Game Frenzy. That's the Barclays that has uh, all your money. or well, not my money. Uh, NatWest has got all my money. But they also work in video games. So they have an event called Game Frenzy. I have not been before, but from what I remember, Sky, you've been before, right?
2: Yeah, we were there last year and we'll be again this year. So we'll see you there.
0: There we go. I have no idea what to expect, but I'll be talking about the campaign and showing some games or something. I don't know, I haven't actually put the plan together yet, but we'll be there, (laughs) that's the one thing I do know. And then immediately from that, potentially simultaneously, depending on which work experience students we've got uh, on the day, we'll also be at Comic-Con and setting up for that weekend, which is the 26th to the 28th. So we'll be going from there, from Barclays, Comic Con where as well as talking manga on a sunday we'll be spending the weekend at Comic Con uh showcasing the photos of the 40s so We'll have a in person physical um, like printed out gallery of the 40 on the convention show floor we'll be doing some activities around the photos we'll also be running a roundtable discussion challenging gender stereotypes in video games so that will be on saturday the 27th Uh, So, again, I'll put a link to the page on uh, MCM's uh, website so you can find out more about that. And just in general, look out for more announcements and news. We have a bunch of event plans and different activities that we're planning over the year. As you listen to this, well, if you listen to it as soon as the podcast comes out, we're in the midst of releasing the photos from the photo campaign. So, we're doing two a day. we get through all 40. So you can just follow us on social media and you'll see um, the the 40 and you'll be able to meet each individual. Uh, So we also have a bunch of activities for our Studio 77 platform, which is different live stream events on Twitch. Um, We have our casual conversations with comic creators. So I recently had an interview with the uh, manga Jaman winner, Kevin Lee, who has done exactly one manga. His one manga has won an award which is some kind of record. Uh, The next episode will be with comic writer Yomi Ayeni, who I'll be talking to on the 2nd of May from 7.30pm BST. So every month I have a different conversation with a comic creator, usually around the first Tuesday of each month, but it can vary. Uh, Just make sure you're following us on Twitch. We also have a games night for this month, which goes out and sit, well, which happens on the same day this episode is released. So if you don't catch it live, you can catch the VLD uh, of our games night where we're playing Republic of Jungle, Jungle Republic.
1: Um, yeah, one of those two. I can't remember which way it goes. Yeah, some,
0: some combination of, of those, those words. So we're going to be doing that and our games nights usually happen um, on the last Thursday of each month. So we're building towards a schedule of different types of events and shows that we do. So yeah, again, just make sure you're following us on Twitch and you'll find out the next one. And if you are a young, aspiring creative professional, or you know one, and you're thinking like, I'd really like to get involved uh, in this, then check out the Myomatter Showrunners program. So we've created a work experience program that provides opportunities for young people age 16 and up to work with the MyMatter team across comics and video games and content creation you can email us hello at my matter.com. find out more and if you would like to put someone forward it's all about giving people the opportunity to do real world work experience and build creative skills and more than anything confidence okay so you're all caught up with the my matter universe now let's talk about some of the stories that we've been enjoying this week <music>
1: So we're going to have a quick little spoiler-free discussion of what everyone has been reading, watching, or playing. And we'll start with our guests. So, Skye, do you want to go first?
2: So, interestingly, earlier today, I was watching something and it mentioned The Last Unicorn, which is a book that I adore, a film that I have loved since I was a really young child. And it was so, it was so funny because... I've also, with my partner, been re-watching Smallville and I was thinking about the two things and how like the, the integral theme of both of those stories is about being like the only one of your kind and yeah, sort of the, the last surviving, uh, member of your entire race or people potentially. So I just thought it was funny how they intertwined, but I would definitely recommend, if folks haven't, checking out The Last Unicorn. There's a, it's a book that was written by Peter S. Beagle, uh, I'm pretty sure like in the 60s. Yeah, 1968. And it's just this wonderful fantasy book. And, and it's sort of old fantasy, kind of like Lord of the Rings, in that it's not overtly aimed at children i suppose you could say and it's about a unicorn that is the last of its kind there are no more unicorns uh left in the world but then she discovers that she might not actually be the last one and i'm not going to give away anything else i know that i don't know if 1968 still counts for spoilers but i don't want to give away anything else too
0: soon it's too
1: soon yeah (laughs) right yeah
2: (laughs) also not everyone's seen it doesn't matter when it came out like yeah exactly But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's such a beautiful story. It's really moving. The animated film came out in the 80s. And I remember when I was a kid, it really scared me. But in the kind of best way, like I'm sure a lot of people can remember, like old 80s, 90s animations that were like really quite
3: scary when you think back on them it's not um, an 80s animated film if it doesn't scare you as a child frankly right you know,
2: exactly you know, like you have to yeah. come out of it scarred <laughs> in some way
3: like you have to
2: not be able to sleep in your own bed for a week or something that's it.
3: oh my gosh it's one, <laughs> of, it's one of those animated films it's just aimed at people you know as you say it's not aimed at kids right it's aimed at everybody isn't it which is what i think makes it quite uh an enjoyable watch even to this day
2: yeah yeah absolutely but it's just yeah it's a really moving story really like all of the characters are like surprisingly deep for a, a film with like an hour and a half runtime. Uh, the voice acting is top tier. It's, yeah. Anyway, I would super recommend that. And then I also have just finally caught up on The Mandalorian, um, which I have been thoroughly enjoying. I mean, honestly, I've been enjoying all of the Star Wars series.
0: Wait, caught up is in season three or caught up from zero?
2: Oh, just season. Like, I've been watching it as it comes out, so I've okay. just caught. Like I've just finished. I was like, like three episodes behind on season three.
0: No, I just asked because when I said I caught up on Mandalorian, it was from zero. So.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> well, congratulations. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, I think it's. It's. I think it's the best of all of the Star Wars series. Possibly Andor might be the best. I'm not sure, but yeah, no, I really. Definitely the best. It's just the best Star Wars thing to exist, I think. Yeah, I really do just think that the the kind of... It has that good, subtle world building that the original Star Wars films had, and it has, you know, all of these characters with seemingly quite well-realised motivations. You know, like, they are the ones that are bad, are, are kind of sympathetic, and... Yeah, I just think that they did a fantastic job. And and one of the overarching themes, again, I'm trying to like say this in a way that avoids spoilers, but one of the overarching themes in the most recent series is how you can engage with your religion or your culture or something differently from other people. And it's not wrong. It's just different. And I really enjoyed kind of the, the conversation that built around that topic in the... Series
1: in season three. Yeah, I, I, uh, I've not caught up with season three, so I'm, um, I've still got that to look forward to. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait. I need to. We um, knew my Disney Plus. got there's just so many streaming services.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, because I'm watching Smallville on Amazon Prime as well. So I just, it, I've got to cancel one. <laughs> like, yeah.
1: I've been like trying to balance it, like, yeah. <laughs> and there's only so much TV you can watch, right? <laughs>
2: Yeah I think it's just nice because like I mean Smallville again I've seen it before I don't need to be watching it but it's just nice to have something like low effort to have on, like when for after work and stuff. Yeah definitely. But yeah that's kind that's kind of what I've been up to. Yeah (laughs) Um, so uh, Lara
1: do you want to let us know what shows or books or or games?
3: No a bit of everything I think really. So I'm gonna kick off with Kimi-ni-todoke, which the animation is on Netflix, two seasons, and they've also done a live-action version, which I haven't seen yet, but I think that's probably why Netflix got the anime. (laughs) So they made this uh, anime. It's a coming-of-age romantic comedy, Slice of Life. It features this really sweet, sweet girl, but her, her manners are impeccable, and she just so doesn't want to offend, and... But everything she says seems to be taken the wrong way. Her nickname is Sadako from Japanese horror films, The Ring, because of just misinterpretation the entire series oh. it's so like heartbreakingly sweet and sad at the same time but she meets people who want to get to know her because they they like her but it's just all about communication and finding people you can be comfortable with even if they are so different from yourself it's the popular guy in school who's this very gentle boy um and makes conversation with her and through that it's like a very gentle chain of events she makes Uh, friends with a a sporty girl and a a glamorous girl, like very fashionable, like dating boys, sort of gyaru, I guess is the term when this manga was made. And you wouldn't think that these stereotypes of people would kind of work together, but they're so sweet and honest and they learn things. Like, honestly, I've wept, wept, tears, complete tears. (laughs) tears. And I'm like, I'm a fully grown woman. (laughs) What's wrong with me? But it's so moving and so sweet. That sounds wonderful. It sounds so good. I really need to add
1: that. Because have you watched Comey Can't Communicate?
3: Oh yes. Um, I'd say it's actually it's it's similar in vibe and less wacky than yeah. Comey Can't Communicate. So, and there's some really weird characters in Komi Can't Communicate as well, which is funny. You know, that's, that's Komi. But yeah, Kimi ni Todoke is so lovely. If you've ever felt an outcast, you know, you will, you will really love this. I think especially as a a very nice place in my heart for it. (laughs) But yeah, it's just her like kind of breaking out of her comfort zone and learning new experiences, but all under the, the watchful support of her new friends. So yeah. In English, it's from me to you, like the Beatles song. <laughs> but I don't think <laughs> also featured. It. It's just a similarity. <laughs> <laughs> and thinking of that being live action, there's been some Tokyo Broadcasting System TV series landing on Netflix as well. And I picked up Ikebukuro Westgate Park. Uh, it's about 10 episodes long. It came out at almost, about 20 years ago, so it looks a tiny bit dated but in the best possible way it was one of the first tv series to kind of use this gonzo choppy digital camera stuff so everything looks a little bit low resolution perhaps but that kind of really ages it in a really great way so Ikebukuro Westgate Park IWGP for short um I actually picked this manga up about 15 years ago there was four books translated and the entire franchise is originally based on some short books light novels um so i was really interested to see this tv show you basically follow this this main guy who is a bit of a punk a bit of a layabout he helps his mom kind of but he just likes goofing off and hanging out with his mates in the park and it's him and his mates just end up solving local neighborhood crime (laughs) Why am I doing this? He's got this, the police, you know, they're trying to pick on him like, ah, oh, you must have seen something, you must have been involved. You know, there's a lot of judgment and the protagonist is like, I'll show you. And he he gets to know his contact and solves their crimes for them basically but there's a lot of oh you know this is actually really good and a bit more respect is developed between all the different parties but it's quite it's quite gruesome but it's also quite comical as well not that the murders are nice but it's very clearly <laughs> ketchup. up like it's obvious someone has just squirted some acrylic paint across someone's neck sort of thing <laughs> so you know it's not not too gross you're not going to see horrible stuff i, th- I it got a 15 though, 15 certificate. So apologies, any younger listeners, just wait a few years and you can get on to Ikebukuro, Westgate Park. But it's 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 weird the comedy and the action, but it's kind of the one of the first types of TV show that has ended up being mimicked, I think. Um it's very early internet, pre-internet as well. Uh, there's a lot of early computer graphics and things that kind of reminds you of Y2K internet. So I think for a little nostalgia trip, I'd recommend Ikebukuro Westgate Park i don't know if anybody else has seen it no
1: it sounds good though it definitely needs to go on my watch
3: list (laughs) that's why we do this
0: segment for tips yeah
3: (laughs) brilliant and i don't i used to play video games all the time that's actually how i got into anime and manga before the internet in the 90s there was a lot of video games based on anime and manga and you'd hear about them in super nintendo magazines which i used to like cut up and collect and copy and draw all sorts of things so I was very much into my 2D games and then 3D games I kind of fell out of love with it because you know let's be honest it was a bit of a jump the the graphics were so different and they're a little bit you know they weren't they weren't cute like 2D so it was a real disconnect for me but in my older years I've got back into it into gaming and I picked up Dragon Ball Z Kakarot <laughs> which is like Dragon Ball role playing adventure game all sorts and what's lovely about Kakarot is that it fills in the gaps in between it retells the story of Dragon Ball Z right from the start but it adds in some extra characterizations there's like tokens you can gift things you can do little side quests as well as the main thing I mean it's not the best role-playing game but it's a lot of fun it's very silly and it looks tremendous the voice acting's great You can listen it's got the original western dub voice actors and Japanese voice actors you can flip-flop through them so yeah if you want like a nostalgia trip or I think even if you haven't watched much Dragon Ball it's really quite easy to get into as well and I got it in the sale as well on Steam it's usually about 44 quid but I got it for about 17 pounds with some downloadable content as well. So I think it was a nice. really yeah, it's a more massive game. And I think they're still downloading new sections of it. But yeah, it's it's a lovely nostalgia trip for those that are kind of used to it, but it's also really fascinating and endearing how they've filled in the gaps, like the relationship between um the son Gohan. And his mum, Chi-Chi, before he has to go off and fight because he, he's one of the few people that are strong like his dad that can save the earth sort of thing. You know, not too much pressure on a kid. But it's like, you know, oh, mum wants to say something to me, but I don't know what it is. So his, his granddad suggests, why don't we go and find some uh food because your mum shows her love through cooking and mum shows uh cooks his favourite meal which is curry by the way spoiler and um it's 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 just nice you know there's little connections between those characters that didn't really get examined in the anime or the manga and it's it's just really nice. Mm. Oh so, yeah.
1: So I'm just gonna whiz through mine because we only recorded a week ago so I don't actually have that much to tell um but i did start playing minecraft legends this week it has a bit of a story to it not much but i was addicted for a few days but i feel like it's hit the point of the game where it's got too hard for me to want to continue (laughs) because it was like it was one of those games where i was like as long as it stays at this level of difficulty i will continue to want to just like do the next bit do the next bit now it's actually become like quite challenging i'm like now i have to actually like really think about what like tactically what i'm doing and i don't know if i'm prepared to commit that that much to the game <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see we'll see if i'll try and play it again we'll see if it still itches scratches that itch um i also watched finally watched the last episode of *Rise of the shield hero i started watching the latest season a while back and then i've kind of like slowly been working through it i didn't realize i only had one episode left and then i finally watched it and spoiler but not actually like story spoiler, but spoiler for the type of episode it is, is the last episode of The Rising of the Shield Hero is a filler. And I'm so annoyed. What? (laughs)
3: Like, it's... rude, honestly.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like the disrespect. I'm so disappointed in the second season of The of the Shield Hero anyway. And because the first season was so good. And then the second season has like had a lot of disappointing episodes. And then to just like hit me with a filler for the last one. I'm like, why did you even make... A last episode. It was very clearly we have a quota of twelve episodes to hit, and that it just didn't. Oh my god! I was like, really, <laughs> really. Anyway, um, <laughs> but no, actually, story spoilers there. And then I started watching Life Lessons with Uromichi Onisan, and I can't even try and describe that to you. It's about children TV, a t- child TV presenter who is not happy with their life. <laughs> and this whole cast of children's tv presenters and they give life lessons to like these toddlers (laughs) but they're real life, like they're really real (laughs) it's just it's weird and funny and just it's a nice like chill background one to put on but yeah that's all I've been watching um so Nigel what's on your list
0: my list includes some things that you have mentioned and some things that I was, I took some space to decompress a bit. So I got to watch a couple of films, which I don't always do outside of the the cinema, but I will start with uh, an anime series called Toreau Lives Alone, which is one that Yay. you mentioned before Tazzy. I love it. Yeah. I mean, when you mentioned it, the, the premise sounded interesting as many anime premises <laughs> do. And it's about a young kid. He's like four. I mean, you know, it it does what it says on the tin is (laughs) he's called cultural and he lives alone. Mm -hmm. And I've only seen, I think I've seen two episodes so far. So (laughs) this kid moves in to this like apartment block and everyone thinks he's like, you know, because at the beginning he does some, um, he does some shopping and then he he gets into the apartment and everyone thinks like he's with his parents, but he's not, he's alone because that's the title. But he's, he's weirdly, (laughs) he's weirdly adult, but still a four-year-old kid so
2: (laughs) i was gonna say that it reminds me of cardamom from *Be and puppy cat if anyone's seen that like one of the saddest characters of all time in my mind like i just want to bundle him up and look after him (laughs) and And, he has that impact on
0: everyone yeah Yeah. he has that impact on others around him so he moves next door to i'm going to use a technical term and call him a waste man because he's just some guy who just doesn't (laughs) doesn't shower doesn't bathe he just doesn't do much um and i'm getting a sense that cultural is that kind of character who's going to have a an impact a positive impact on others around him but then there's also uh i'm getting a sense of sadness because and again i've only seen two episodes so i i could not spoil even if i wanted to, but he is not yet explained, but it is hinted that there's something in there that he doesn't want to share or share yet. But what's interesting about the character, he's like, he's very, attitude. he talks a very proper way of talking and he's weirdly self-aware. So he's, he's mindful of others. He's aware of his actions, but he's also a kid. So he likes kid stuff and he, he gets attracted to, <laughs> to t- kids TV shows and things like that and it's just yeah just interesting to see the impact that he has on, on other characters so it's a it's a it's a weird one i mean that in a good way it's just a weird kind of slice of life thing but this kid is just like fascinating to listen to and
1: watch i'm so excited for you to watch this series and get like your opinion of it at the end as well because I'll, I'll report back. i love this and yeah. It's just such a good series.
3: to lives alone podcast. <laughs> we were emotionally destroyed by it. Warning, but okay. You know, not devastated, but ju- it just yeah, it had a huge impact. I'm getting it, that it sense great. that there's
0: something, there's something here. So I'll, I'll look forward to, uh, yeah, seeing the story unfold. So yeah, I will report back when I when I'm done with that. Another uh, well, a film I've been watching is nobody so it stars bob oldenkirk who is um from better Call Saul and uh, breaking bad fame but in a completely different role than you've seen and that's kind of the when i first first saw this it intrigued me obviously not enough to go watch it uh, at the time but it did intrigue me so he he's a family man with a past and <laughs> i'll uh, say that and it's a very action heavy film uh, it's from the, I think, the writer and director of John Wick. So, you, yeah, you got it, basically. Kind of got it. But what's interesting about this is Bob Oldenkirk's performance is, my impression is, <laughs> um, I'm going to try to say this in the nicest possible way, but Keanu Reeves is very minimalist in his acting, <laughs> uh, full stop, his acting. But Bob Olden- Oldenkirk brings more of a, I say, humanity to it. So he starts off, he has a, Sort of wife, kids, and then some drama happens, and he—you get the sense that he is a guy who does not want to return to who he once was, and circumstances are pushing him in that direction. And he plays the the family man. I don't want to go back there role, and the okay, we're here. <laughs> let me do the the John Wick thing, uh, and he he does both very well. I was quite surprised, and it's like I said, it's ninety minutes, so it's a very tight film. There's not a lot of waste. The action choreography uh, is very good, very brutal, it is it is quite violent. But just I think um Ehre's performance just brings like a yeah, just makes it engaging. So I was, I was quite impressed with it actually. I I want to see more of that, and it's quite fun. It's also got uh, RZA from uh, Wu Tang uh, Wu Tang Frame, and yeah, it's it just it's a fun fun way to spend uh, ninety minutes. And then the last thing I was going to mention. Arguably, the most important one is Power Rangers: Once and Always. So you know, we do this podcast and we we talk about films, and we're going to do that. We're going to go into the uh, the ins and outs and the the, the narrative and the, the characters and the themes. But sometimes none of that matters, <laughs> and and this is a film where none of that matters because this is my childhood. Uh, Power Rangers was one of the things I always uh, wanted to watch as as a kid. I saw this; no other explanation needed. Uh, I'm there. I'm watching it. Is this the best film? Who cares? It's Power Rangers. <laughs> so and it's kind of like um it's, it's very much sort fan service nostalgia piece, but it does bring back the the a lot of the original cast, pays tribute to cast that have lost their lives was most recently uh, as well. And it serves up is the Rita's in it, they're fighting Rita. The Black Ranger's in there. The Blue Ranger, the Red Ranger, they're all there. They're all fighting. Putties are in there doing the turkey noise thing. It's, it's Power Rangers. I don't. I don't think I need to. Uh, I don't think it's possible. I can spoil it. They they save the day. It's Power Rangers. You know, <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's
0: not. It's not, it's not they that do deep. The
1: Power Ranger thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, they do the Power Ranger thing. They say it's it's morphing time. All that. <laughs> I'm like deep into my thirties. I'm. I was very very happy with it all. I think there's something to be said for like just nostalgia and going back to those childhood memories um whatever they did it worked i was very happy and uh, i don't think i need to say any more about that it's power rangers what more do you want (laughs) so that's what i've been watching at least so shall we get into today's main story discussion Today we're going to be talking about the Super Mario Brothers movie, the 2023 animation based on Nintendo's Mario game franchise. You might have heard of it. Uh, It's directed by Aaron Horvath and Michael Jelenic and written by Matthew Fogel. The star-studded voice cast includes Sky's favourite, Chris Pratt, Anya Taylor-Joy, Charlie Day, (laughs) Jack Black, (laughs) Keegan-Michael Key, Seth Rogen, and Fred Armisen. So spoiler alert, we're going to Get into the ins and outs, as I mentioned before, and then do all the the character and the, the narrative and all that stuff. So uh, we'll talk about all the stuff. If you haven't seen it, it is very short. <laughs> you can go go watch that uh, quickly and come back to us. I will do a recap of this story, but let's first get everyone's quick take and general impression so sky i feel that the floor is waiting this is your moment before <laughs> <laughs> i just and i will say first of all sky if you just just rein it in for now because I, I know you've got a lot to say this is this is of quick course, takes <laughs> but go ahead
2: so my quick take is i didn't hate it <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> and that's i appreciate that that's not a necessarily a nice thing to say about it um
0: Worse has been said on this podcast.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think my, my chief takeaway from it, and I suppose my th- chief frustration is that it was just a bit disappointing. I guess I don't think I'm going to be thinking about it ever again uh after this moment which which is a shame but which we'll get into later i'm sure there were a lot of things about it that i was pleasantly surprised by and as much as i'm still mad that chris pratt keeps getting being given voice acting roles for some reason uh (laughs) i was really glad that they elected to get rid of some of the most egregious parts that we saw in the trailer when the actual
3: film released
0: Okay, all right. We'll definitely get into that. Laura, what did you make of this?
3: Ah, so I went with a friend who has also been playing video games pretty much all their life. We were very excited about it. We'd also gone to see the Sonic film together. So I kind of knew that, like, whatever it was going to be, it was going to be a good laugh with my friends. So I left my brain at home. And we good, went good, to the cinema. <laughs> it it was kind of an origin story. It had lots of these um, Easter eggs So, yeah, it didn't do anything fancy, but it was shiny and it did make me laugh out loud at some points. Probably wasn't supposed to. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I I, honestly, I thought it was a good laugh. Like, you know, like I think most people agree it didn't break any moulds, but it did do some interesting things i think and hopefully it's made so much money they're going to make a lot more and hopefully you delve, oh, into yeah. delve into in this one
4: that
0: is that is for sure it is a yeah. ton of money so Tazzy, were you pleasantly pleasantly surprised did you did you laugh out loud or were you just sitting in some super Ring hate watch like sky
1: oh no definitely not someone hate. <laughs> i really enjoyed it um <laughs> I thought it was a really great, fun, like, family film with lots of Easter eggs. And I think it had, like, a good storyline. It was based on Mario, which doesn't <laughs> actually have that much of a plot to begin with. It's about a guy who saves a princess. Um, <laughs> so I really enjoyed what they'd done, done with it. And it was quite, like, it was fun to see, like, a lot of things that I sort of, like, recognised from playing mario over the years and like the influence from different mario games i really liked how they added stuff in and i just i left there and i was like oh that was really fun i really enjoyed that i feel like it's, it is a film i'd get on dvd to have like or blu-ray to just have as like a wow. fun family film to watch
4: mm,
0: so I'll, I'll give my my quick take but first i want to has anyone heard of the the phoenix fire Commander? nope didn't think so so this is an extra large safe it has two hours of fire protection high security key locking pad digital keypad or fingerprint locking it has adjustable shelves, double walled steel body and door it has has a safe inside the safe high quality safe this safe is not as safe as a mario film that is what i took away from that <laughs>
2: It's like, where are you?
0: (laughs) (laughs) This film is so safe. Yeah, (laughs) accurate
1: description. Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) I I found myself enjoying it actually. I I kind of I go on both sides. Like I I can't tell. I enjoyed it, but then I'm also like, it's very safe and it doesn't take any risk, and it's a shame. But overall, I didn't hate it. Kind of like sky
1: i'm just wondering like what risks you expected it to take <laughs> <laughs>
2: listen we're gonna talk about the 1993 mario movie we are and do if you want to talk so, about risks yeah.
0: <laughs> so that's my that's my quick take it's it's very good uh, Or oh it looks very good it's quite shallow but i did enjoy it so let me do a recap of the story and then we'll get into this uh deep dive so This is a story that takes us to Brooklyn, where brothers Mario and Luigi have recently started their own plumbing business, and their ex-employer Spike is not happy about it, and neither is their father, who also disapproves of Mario's new business. After seeing some news of a major manhole leak, Mario and Luigi go underground to fix it, but are sucked into a warp pipe and separate it. Mario lands in the Mushroom Kingdom, where Princess Peach rules, while Luigi lands in the Darklands, ruled by King Bowser. Bowser wants to marry Peach and is prepared to destroy the Mushroom Kingdom using a superstar if she refuses. A little extreme, but uh, he imprisons Luigi to threaten Mario, who is apparently competition for Peach's love. Meanwhile, Mario is taken to meet Peach by Toad. Peach plans to gain the army of the Kongs to help repel Bowser and take Mario and Toad along for the ride. So in the Jungle Kingdom, King Cranky Kong agrees to help if Mario defeats his son Donkey Kong in a fight. Despite Donkey Kong's immense strength, Mario defeats him using a cat suit. So, Mario, Peach, Toad, and the Kongs use carts to drive back to the Mushroom Kingdom, but Bowser's army ambushes them on Rainbow Road. When a blue shelled Koopa destroys part of the road, Mario and Donkey Kong dive into the ocean while the other Kongs are captured. Peach and Toad return to the Mushroom Kingdom to start evacuating, and Bowser soon arrives aboard his flying castle and proposes to Peach, who reluctantly accepts after bowser has told tortured so mario and donkey kong bond over how their fathers never take any of this decision seriously and escape the moray by riding a rocket from donkey kong's car hurrying to bowser's and peach's wedding at the wedding bowser intends to execute all the prisoners in lava so that whole tone took a turn but peach uses a smuggled ice flower to freeze bowser mario and donkey kong arrive and free the prisoners with mario using a tanuki suit to save Luigi. Bowser then frees himself and calls Bomber Bill to destroy the Mushroom Kingdom, but Mario knocks it off course and directs it into the warp pipe where it detonates, creating a vacuum that causes Bowser's castle to be transported to Brooklyn. As they fight Bowser there, Mario and Luigi grab the Superstar, become invincible and defeat the Coopers. Bowser is then shrunk with a mini mushroom and imprisoned. Mario and Luigi are finally hailed as heroes in Brooklyn. The brothers then begin a day of plumbing work, now living in a house in the Mushroom Kingdom, the end. So, as was hinted at, this is not the first Mario movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, The original Super Mario Bros. movie in 1993 was, I think, one of the first video game movies and a legendary Hollywood disaster. So, Laura, to your point, I I did watch it. Did I watch it in the cinema? I definitely watched it because I was around. I just can't remember where I watched it. And maybe I just tried to hide all that in, in memory. <laughs> did anyone else see that?
1: I mean, I definitely I... didn't see it in the cinema because that would have been a bit hard. Yeah. Um... <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I wasn't born yet when it came out, but I did watch it for the first time ever, like after I watched the new one. So like a oh. few weeks ago.
3: Oh, how how did you find it?
2: Well, I'll let, I'll let Tazzy finish first. Sorry, because I think <laughs> I interrupted you a little bit. Sorry. <laughs>
1: that's all right i was just gonna say i have watched it though but it would have been when i was a child and i don't i just remember not liking it and then that's about it so <laughs> you're
3: in good I, don't, company. I don't really
1: remember i don't really remember anything about it unfortunately i do remember the uh, legend of zelda cartoon for some reason <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i don't so remember. like irritatingly
3: etched <laughs>
1: onto part of my brain (laughs) no matter how hard I try to forget it so yeah
3: (laughs) that aired on UK telly quite a bit later than the Mario animation because I think it was part of an hour I think you had the Super Mario Bros. Super Show and The Legend of Zelda and Captain N whereas we we got those as individual cartoons i think Mm. but yeah it wasn't it wasn't the highest of quality but it (laughs) has its own kind of charm a bit like the film but yeah i've waited 30 years for this mario animated film
4: (laughs) (laughs) i just remember the film
0: so the film had bob hoskins as mario and a really is it like there was a cooper in there but it was really ugly and just just monstrous (laughs)
4: monstrous <laughs>
3: as a cooper like a tiny little turtle headed cooper i think yeah
4: it? Oh, and it was very dark yeah.
3: john leguizamo played luigi luigi as well <laughs> yeah i don't know if you've read like everyone i think might have read the guardian article where bob hoskins basically hates on this film so much
0: i've heard about that
3: but in recent times i found out that it was originally created by the The team that did Max Headroom, which is well worth a watch if you Mm. haven't Uh seen it already. It was early Channel 4, cyberpunk, prosthetics, dystopian future TV show. And that explains why the Mario film from 93 looks how it does. But it also got shoehorned and chopped. And those guys got sacked and they brought someone in to kind of salvage it because I don't think Nintendo of Japan maybe even signed off on the direction of it so that's why it's a mess and that's why it's unsatisfying because the original film isn't what we ended up seeing so one day i wonder whether they will release a director's cut because i think it would be a lot Mm. more Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is,
0: this is, the website. is that is that also going to be four hours? Because I don't fear I could do that.
3: Um. So hopefully not four hours. But there is a website dedicated to finding lost footage and bits and bobs, and they're trying. So they've uncovered like twenty minutes of found footage, mm. and it basically us. So was it deep yeah. underground? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it would be really to interesting that. to watch. But yeah, um, I'll try and find for the show notes and everything i'll try and find the url and put it in the
0: chat okay yeah people can join the hunt so yeah, yeah. so i mean is i feel it's it feels worth starting with that just for people who don't know there, there was another film it didn't look anything like this film and anything like a mario game before or after and i think it's kind of somewhat accepted that this is part of the reason of nintendo's hesitancy to come back to another film because it was like legendary bad so so it took all that time and probably i'd say part of the reason why this film is is so safe Mm. just don't do that basically i think that that must have been the the prime directive don't make that just make the game and and they did that so we've got this new film which as of april the 23rd hit 871 million dollars at the global box office so they did something right. And it will be the first 2023 release to make it to a billion dollars and is now the biggest video game adaptation in history. So they have gone from one extreme to mm-hmm. the other and they teamed up with Illumination, do Despicable Me, Secret Life of Pets. Um, mm-hmm. And I wanted to put this quote in from the uh, Illumination CEO, Chris uh, g who I feel I just butchered his name. but But he says, at Illumination, we are a character film studio first. The way we've approached the Super Mario Bros movie is to make it for the fans. We were committed to honouring this incredible game and these beloved characters. So is the box office right? Does Illumination succeed in making a Mario film for fans?
1: Yes. Yeah. I'm going to say yes.
3: <laughs> yes. Yeah. There was a lot of fun service a in pregnant it. Horse. <laughs> <laughs> It certainly made it a film for kids, and if kids are fans of Mario, of which they are, great. Yeah, I feel like yes,
1: for not just kids though, because I feel like there was so many like there were so many Easter eggs in there. Like so, yeah. like the whole thing so, was whole one thing was big Easter just, egg. or a Yoshi egg, should I say? Oh yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> like it, it was. There was just like so much in there. That I'm like, I'd love to watch it again to just.
4: Just Actually, pick them out
1: yeah and, just pick them out yeah. kind of like a i feel like just every time you watch it you just like something different would be more noticeable each time
0: yeah there's enough in there you can pick something out each time pick something different out each time
2: mm.
0: uh sky was that your pregnant pause all uh,
2: right well i think we all <laughs> kind of or, or, yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah no i mean i think that if their goal was to make a film where people can watch it and be like i recognize that thing then that's exactly what they did. It's kind of all they did. But if that was their goal, then they absolutely succeeded in it. I think that, you know, you were right in that it was extremely safe. It really didn't have any substance other than showing you things that you know you like. And I like those things. So again, I didn't hate it. I, I like looking at things that I know I like and that I've seen before. I just think that it kind of, I'm not going to go off on a massive tangent here, but if anyone's ever seen Solo, a Star Wars story, it it was not as bad as that. It was not as bad by any stretch, but one of the things that Solo did that frustrated me so much is that it felt the need to put in every single tiny detail that we know about Han Solo, where it wasn't really needed. And I think that this film kind of did the same thing where it really just put everything it possibly could and just stuffed the film so full of, you know, this famous iconography where it was very much, I don't know, it just felt a bit style over substance for me. And the style is cool. Like, I like it.
0: It's very cool. Very, like, it, it looked great.
2: Yeah, but it just, I don't know. I really liked some of the more subtle nods i think like when they first go down into the sewer and there's the little like like the the tiny little refrain Mm. um from the underground music and i think that kind of stuff was really cool but then there was other bits where it just called out the referencing so blatantly that it kind of just felt like they were stopping the whole film to be like hey look we're doing a reference to mario do you remember that game like do you remember this part in mario do you do you remember playing that but i think yeah like i said if their goal was to make a lot of references to things that people like then they did that for sure
0: okay and when it comes to the the origin story and laura i feel like you've got the best memory of the original uh, (laughs) attempt at at this and what did you think about the origin story for mario and and luigi and how that was portrayed
3: in the in the new film in a new I film remember the old yeah. film <laughs> yes, I, thought, <laughs> I thought it was quite sweet really and it threw something in you know uh at, at getting the parents approval and and things like that i wasn't quite expecting mm. a slight segue there was a little bit after the argument at the dinner table and Mario went uh, upstairs and was playing on his Nintendo. And there's yeah, this yeah. guy in the cinema is so cute, but there was this guy in the cinema who was like, "Oh, Mario playing Mario." And it took <laughs> me—it took me all the strength in my body not to hiss, "It's Kid Icarus, you fool!" So I was very, very well behaved in that cinema. Love like, <laughs> your games, when yeah. but yeah, you know, it was really—it was sweet. And you know, wanting, especially in this economy. <laughs> You know, going alone and doing your own thing—exactly what the parents say. Why would you leave? You know, your full-time mm. job you to do this thing. But you know, if if you gotta, you just gotta. So that was quite sweet and realistic in a way. I wasn't, I wasn't sure
0: because I wasn't expecting that, and I, I quite liked it because, it, yeah, like for the reasons you said, it—it it sort of I could I could understand that, um, and I can I can get that, and I feel it was a good uh, attempt to sort of ground Mario in some because i wasn't sure how if this was going to be like just straight mario knows everything mm. about mushroom kingdom and he's in or he's gonna fish out of water kind of if that's mm. the right analogy like introduce him to the world and he's going to discover it and then he'll be the you know the sometimes they have the protagonist who is as clueless as the audience and then they learn mm. through through the protagonist
3: yeah mario can't really be a mary sue i guess back on learning of the origin story i guess Uh, Oh, Mario's supposed to be the older brother, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Looking after his little, but taller than him, little brother. Yeah, yeah. There was that thing in there as well. I'm an older sister, um, and you know I look after my little brother. He's disabled. He'll always be my little brother, even though you know (laughs) he's not little. So there's that. We've always, uh, because he's autistic, um, and a lot of our communication has actually come through video games and animations. Mm you know shared interests and stuff so to me there was that nice little older sibling kind of thing as well um which I found relatable and sweet
2: yeah I agree I think that I didn't really see any other way of doing the origin story than this I really liked the advert that the film (laughs) kind of led with I thought that was I thought that was really nice
3: theme tune as well I did yeah in the cinema i have a random trivia point about that as well but i'll interject like you, you go you oh go. yeah
2: i mean you can say it now it's okay yeah
3: so you know the lady in the advert that's like i've called these plumbers and she's reading off this card this dialogue mm-hmm. that she doesn't really believe in too much it was very funny the voice actor who did that voice was the original princess peach in the super Mario brothers super show which i thought was brilliant oh
2: that's nice oh, that's cool well the the guy at the pizza shop like the old guy was mario was he not like yeah. the the person who voices mario ones. in the films uh, in the games sorry in the games yeah oh yes yeah i um yeah i really i also really liked the kind of big sibling energy of the film and i, I mean i always like when films focus on relationships that are more than romantic i will use this opportunity to say one of the things that I hated the absolute most about the film and made me like for some reason so mad was like why why would you make him hate mushrooms like why uh, yeah I, I guess what's it was, the point I thought that was a pop, for the laughs yeah for, for the laugh. well I didn't find it funny. <laughs> dear Nintendo <laughs> I thought it was hilarious <laughs> I was just like why would you do that like what's the point don't
4: yeah, yeah I just I get you. It just
2: frustrated me I think that that kind of kind of comes under like one of my overarching issues with the film like really the the chief issue which I knew I was going to have going in so I wasn't surprised at all but it was too much like an illumination film and it literally is an illumination film yeah yeah yeah. it was just very I, I mean I was talking earlier about the last unicorn which was An animated film that I watched all the time growing up, but it didn't treat you like you were a kid. It treated you like you were a person watching it. And I I very much feel like the whole minions thing that Illumination does is so juvenile and in a very kind of patronizing way. And I just, yeah, I just, I just found it very frustrating. Like it was just a shame, which kids love it so like good for them <laughs> uh, i'm i'm not a child i can't like come in here at 28 and be like the new film for children was too childish for my oh, life yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's exactly what i'm doing but yeah, yeah i just think <laughs> that the whole like not liking mushrooms thing the bit at the beginning with like the dog like when the dog really didn't like them
4: Actually, I, I found that funny.
2: You're like highly <laughs> in all the yes, bits so I really sorry. like. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so miserable. I'm just sat here like going <laughs> cold. Like, I mean, I've always been this way since I was younger, but I'll sit through anything and I will have like a completely stoic face. I do not laugh out loud <laughs> when I watch stuff ever.
4: Oh, interesting. And
2: so, yeah. And a lot of people find it really off-putting because I'm sat there and even the person that I was watching it with was sat next to me like laughing at some bits and I was just like completely straight faced <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I just that kind of stuff that really like
0: it doesn't do it for silly, you Silly,
2: slapsticky kind of humor yeah I don't I don't yeah. love
0: it you know it's interesting I so I didn't think the the mushroom thing was funny I know why they did it and I, and I got the joke I just personally didn't find it funny but yeah. but a dog <laughs> I find that funny for some reason <laughs>
4: that that got me <laughs>
1: The dog got me as well because I like know those kind of dogs, and I was like,
4: yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think and it was just like, very
1: like it was like such a dog thing. But I was gonna say it explains a lot because I I love the Minions movies. Oh, I find okay. them I'm hilarious. Sorry.
2: <laughs> I am coming <laughs> for you and you specifically.
1: <laughs> they're so much fun. Like they're just they're just silly, and there's just so many things of like for me as well. Like I'm someone that like. I remember being a child. I very much remember my child, like, being and feeling a child I still am in many ways (laughs) like I'm in touch with, you know people talk about being in touch with, I'm in touch with my inner child, like me and my inner child are besties, like (laughs) Mine's estranged
3: (laughs) It was terrifying as well, wasn't it when they were like getting shoved out the window and everything I was like, oh (laughs) anxiety
2: I think like when I watch stuff like that I was like, why didn't they just tell the people whose house it was, why didn't they just Go and say your dog's being annoying. I, and I'm looking Have at Have you tried telling this, like... someone with a dog <laughs> like that?
4: <laughs>
1: well, I <laughs> just, I don't know. I
2: just come at it from this really like hardline logical perspective where I'm like, just put the dog outside or like just go and say to the people I can't do my job with this dog in the way can you put it in a different room for a bit see my and logical like, this wouldn't happen
1: <laughs> my logical brain done that and I was like but looking at this family there's these mm-hmm. people if you try to tell them that their dog would be it, they'd be like no not my darling Don't, sweetheart yeah, dog yeah. <laughs> like
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. never <laughs> this <laughs> so dog like, does no wrong
1: clearly that is a logical reaction and also I feel like they they would like you'd go into that situation so logically i was like yeah this makes complete sense because i know people that
2: think their dog is an angel yeah. and they just aren't yeah it's i just... guess i mostly hang out with cat people and if you tell someone their cat is horrible they're like yeah and i love yeah. it anyway <laughs> of course it's horrible <laughs> it's a little gremlin because it's a cat part of the charm yeah
0: i would so i'm gonna bring up the visuals because I, I think that's uh definite high point of this because it just it looks great and it looks like a mario thing <laughs> I, I did find this ironic um as a as i was putting the notes together there was a headline i saw which just pointed out the irony of a a nintendo property which just looks visually stunning but the the gameplay is lacking in a sense with this. And side note of uh shows evidence of needing this uh, Super Switch. Like Nintendo, you've seen it, it looks great. Let's <laughs> just have all the games look like that, please. But yeah, it is very much a clear attempt to to make a a film that looks like the game, that works of the works like the game, that has lots of references. Uh one of the the ones I particularly like was when they were running for that job where they meet the, the notorious uh, dog and it turns into a 2d sort of chase sequence.
1: Oh my god I love that bit. It was so like new donk city. Like it just reminded me yeah, of playing yes. through that level. I was like, oh man, I'm getting the feels.
2: Yeah. yeah. I thought that was
1: Mario so Odyssey creative. Feels. I
2: really liked that
1: part. And it kind of like as well like as I was watching that bit, it made me think about because I was always like, huh, how are these like regular plumbers gonna translate into like the mushroom kingdom? And then that was kind of like the bit where it's like, oh, Mario is already like quite he's hardcore, ready. I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it doesn't come like, oh my god, he's now been thrown into the Mushroom Kingdom, and how can he, no, how can he be, be so?
0: Yeah. <laughs> and and there were just many many moments uh, like that throughout the film, just like sky mentioned just visually reminded you of like hey you remember this from from the game it's like there was a later scene when he did the obstacle course the slash training montage which you know was just oh. here's a level <laughs> go God. do the
1: level i also loved that story. because yeah. <laughs> when i was watching that i was like this feels like playing a game because <laughs> it's like that struggle of like when you when just you're on it. a really ah, tough no. <laughs> level, yeah, and you just get a little bit further and a little bit further, and I it, so I'll, like I think my issue with video game movies is when or like video game adaptations is sometimes they just feel like a film, and I want them to feel like a video game, which is why Live Die Repeat is that the name of it?
0: Yeah, or Edge of Tomorrow.
1: Edge of Tomorrow. Mm. Um, even though it's not based on a video game, watching that is like an amazing video game movie. Yeah. Because it makes you you feel like it. Yeah, you could do that same like bubble, I guess. I don't know that feeling when you play a video game. Just a bit of progression, a bit more progression, start again, a bit more progression, and then you make it. Sorry. I'm glad it scratched that itch.
2: (laughs) I appreciate that part. I mean, when Super Mario Maker was big, like one of my favorite things to do was watch streams and like YouTube videos of people playing the really, really, really hard levels of that. And yeah, just I think the repetitiveness something that I could never do I I don't really play a lot of platformers because if I'm not immediately really good at something then I don't like it (laughs) (laughs) but I really I really did like the theme of keeping trying being very much aligning to the strategy one would use in I suppose one of the only things that kind of frustrated me in that same scene which I did enjoy was um the fact that again like they kind of felt the need to like over explain everything so we we visually watch mario eat the power up and then lose the power up by being hit and also we who have played games before know that's how it works and i think most people just through like cultural osmosis understand that that's like how that works i don't but think anyways, we really so would, we- though well, we visually see it anyway. So regardless, you know, eat the power, I don't up, get, think it's... get hit, get small again. But then Peach feels the need to go. And if you get hit, you get small. And I'm like, we just like saw that. Mm, I feel like just I'm saying this is like
1: we we all play video games here. So we're saying this from That's a perspective true. of people that play video games. I talk to a lot of people that don't play video games and have people watch me play video games that <laughs> don't play video games. and stuff happens like that in video games and they're like i don't understand what's happening and it can it repeats and they still don't understand and i'm like yeah i can definitely understand why you need to put that in because That's there really are people that don't play video games and do not have that concept but they is just is, mario, like is like why'd he get small
0: is mario it, like the one thing where you could you would expect people to know or is that still no, like not ne- no
1: not necessarily but th- as well like he just gets touched by a fish Like, put this into perspective. If you don't know Mario, he just got touched by a fish. you're gonna be like why like what's so
4: well i mean if you got got
1: punched in the face by donkey kong then you'd be like oh okay i get it
2: he the power
1: up stops when you get hit but
2: (laughs) yeah no i guess that's true actually because i i mean i've grown up surrounded by people who play games i work in the games industry like i all of my friends play games to some degree i don't know anyone who doesn't know about games so i think that yeah it's interesting to hear that perspective because i hadn't really considered that people exist who might not understand that concept <laughs> as <laughs> closed-minded as that might sound. <laughs> not everyone plays video games like where we feel like they do but there are some people that are just completely
1: clueless <laughs> to like <laughs> even like they could they'll see mario and know who mario is but like yeah, yeah. like mechanics of playing a game that's yeah way over the head it's
3: an acquired nintendo language because there's some things that happen in the legend of zelda that are prevalent Mm. in all the zelda games but if you don't play zelda rpgs maybe it won't make much sense Mm. but definitely yeah it's it's a language acquired that you can only acquire by physically playing the games and even though these games have been around since in the uk the late 80s early 90s even though that's a long time, as you say, there are still people that haven't played them, so they're mm. not going to language. Even or though... people
1: that only play shooters or FIFA yeah. or yeah, yeah, like... <laughs> GTA, like,
0: what's this Mario played... thing?
3: <laughs> they haven't acquired the, that very specific Nintendo franchise knowledge and language because each each Nintendo core franchise has its own rule set and language. So you got to play it to learn it. So I guess it explains it to the parents, was not it? So oh, yeah. my, now I understand.
0: Yeah, that's a fair point actually. Yeah, I, yeah. And I almost want to—I <laughs> feel like I want to get the opinion of someone who like only plays Call of Duty and and sees right. this, but then I also already know what the response would be. Like this is this is a baby film. Anyway, um, let, me <laughs> not, let me not let not over no, let me not overgeneralize. I've I've just I've I've heard it basically. <laughs> I've, I've heard it in in enough sessions that. By the way, so. Sky, you mentioned something I want to come back to, and it's a new word for me. It's not—it's not a new word, but I—I I first learned this when I, after watching the Lion King, the remake of Lion King, and you mentioned in the context of Solo. So it was intertextuality, and I remember hearing this at a time. I had to Google it and and look up what it is. But it's this idea that a, a piece of work refers. So it's the way that a piece of work refers to or is influenced by other texts, such as books movies uh, or music Mm. so it could be like direct references are obvious to more subtle references that require some level of like previous cultural knowledge and it sort of came to my awareness after watching the lion king the remake the sort of cgi remake because i remember watching that and i was like Mm. oh i really like this film i'm i'm enjoying this and then after i watched i was i thought about it i was like huh did i like that film because it's a good film Or because it reminded me of the film I actually liked, which is the original Lion King. And then I start looking into it, and I feel like the Mario movie does this, where it it reminds you of the things that you like from Mario games, Mm -hmm. and it kind of I feel in in the way of I don't feel this is is because I feel like the Lion King is is a bad film. I wouldn't say this is a bad film, but in a similar way that. It's only good because it reminds you of the things that you like. It's not good in and of itself. And right. I feel the Lion King suffer from this. I don't feel this suffers from it because there is a a story kind of plot there in its own hmm. right. It's just very much dependent on, hey, remember this thing? Remember that? This looks like that thing you like. And it's something that I've noticed happening somewhat more frequently in, in films, trying to remind you of other things that you might remember. Not looking yeah. at you, Disney, but...
2: Yeah, <laughs> I think there is a lot of kind of nostalgia baiting nowadays and it is a shame and, and, and I agree that this isn't in any way as bad as some instances of it, of it that we've seen, Solo being the one that I remember the most because I was the most frustrated about <laughs> it. Because I was like, stop making me think about things that I like, like you... The film need to be the thing that I like.
0: Yeah, you tell you, me the you story. Can't, and the, yeah, yeah, you
2: can't just remind me of other stuff that I've already seen. Like it just, I just found it very frustrating. I suppose, and I think in this it is different because it, you know, like you said, it, it had its own stuff going on, and it did do some stuff really well. I just felt that it was quite, it was over encumbered, I suppose. But again, they probably wanted to, you know, hit all of those points and touch all of those bases because this could technically be seen as a risk. Uh, and I think I think Laura, you mentioned the Sonic movie a little bit ago and I loved the Sonic film. I saw it a bunch of times, I think three or four times and and the second one as well. And I think it's 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 kind of almost the opposite of this, whereas in the Sonic movie, Sonic comes from a very kind of video gamey, Green Hill Zone world into the real world uh, and Mario kind of does the opposite thing but I just I felt like Sonic and maybe because it was set in the real world I don't know I I felt like it had the nods that you would expect but it was very much more its own film whereas this you know Sonic had agency and there was a plot and there were other characters and it brought new things to the table which I think Made it really good, and this it didn't bring anything new, and it was so kind of self-referential to <laughs> the game series that yeah, I think that was like just why it was a bit disappointing. Not bad, just disappointing.
0: Yeah, no, I get. It. And to answer Tazzy's question of like, what risk were you expecting? And not necessarily expect. I was just ex- I was expecting a, a mario movie, and I, and I got that. But it just yeah. seeing it, I felt that like my answer is Sonic. Like that was the mm, when you say yeah. risk, I said
1: no. I was just gonna say like, it sounded like. A lot of people are coming in with a high expectation for (laughs) a video game movie. (laughs) And the
2: bar is not that high yet. Like it is 2023 films can just be good nowadays. (laughs) Like Yeah, but it still has
1: to it's still like the thing with and what I mean we spoke about video game movies a lot on here because we spoke about several and the things that video game movies have to do or like adaptation on screen adaptations is find a balance between being a good movie and referencing its source material like you have to do you have to do what the fans want and like sonic exceeded expectations in my opinion Mm -hmm. like i was i was expecting negative (laughs) 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 disaster (laughs) (laughs) and so it was like it my like so then when it was like oh wait this is actually a good film it made it feel even better because it exceeded expectations mm. and i was any kind of video game adaption i go in with a low bar because it's a video game adaption <laughs> <laughs> and even though we're getting better video game adaptions it's still based on this thing that has previously done very badly and i was not expecting it to be like and as well it's based off like a video game that again doesn't have much storyline Mario goes to save a print like the princess every single time. It's the same, period, <laughs> over and over again. Yeah, and it's Nintendo's, but like, I, I'm just a, I'm always surprised if people go into a video game adaptation with any expectations.
2: Well, I guess that's <laughs> kind of I guess I I mean that's kind of where our expectation differs because when I go to watch a video game movie or consume any kind of uh video game media like recent like Resident Evil series and stuff like that I'm not expecting to watch something that makes me feel like I'm playing the game because if I wanted to do that I would just go and play the game what I'm expecting is to take characters or lore or visual elements that I am familiar with and add the story element to to that the filmmaking element to that because, and again, like that's what Sonic did, and I. This pr- might be a hot take because I know that people really don't like it, but I really liked the Resident Evil series uh that got cancelled.
0: I was cancelled. I haven't even seen it.
2: I, I that's think probably it why they cancelled it. it. But- Yeah, Um, Yeah, I think
4: it did. Here's
2: the question.
1: Is it a Netflix show? Yes. (laughs) Was it? Yeah. 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 (laughs) Um,
2: (laughs) But I really liked it because it took stuff that I am familiar with, stuff that I know I like, but it didn't feed me back that exact same thing. It gave me something different using that same iconography. And I think that's more what I was hoping for in this film, a la Sonic or whatever. So did you not
1: feel like that this added anything to the Mario world then?
2: Not even a little bit,
1: no. <laughs>
2: I think okay. it, it literally I added feel nothing. like it did. Oh <laughs> <But> really? <laughs> okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Key point, Princess Peach. Princess oh, Peach was...
0: Oh, okay. Apart from, yeah, yeah, that was something. It, it didn't add, it just changed it. Ch- it it
2: was nice to see a feminine presenting character have agency um especially this character
0: who is the the (laughs) poster child for like damsel in distress
3: yeah right exactly i feel like that was a but in super mario 2 she was a playable character however i know that super mario 2 was a reskinned game
0: yeah yeah so that was was one time
3: I also want to um, throw in, like, thinking back to the 90s advertising, how Sega was a bit more edgy with its weird mm. adverts, whereas Nintendo... Sega does what
0: Nintendo don't.
3: Exactly. Um, <laughs> all the family-friendly Nintendo seal of quality stuff. I think because they were so burnt with that 90s film, it's not it's not a kind of film that I think I would like to work on because there's just so much committee stuff. My cat is agreeing with me. There's so many stuff. Like having to do something, no, changes, yeah. no change. Like yeah. tweaked within its life yeah of,
0: what, and it must be difficult working with nintendo because it yeah. must have been and like well, don't, yeah, don't like, do this
3: completely. this
1: as well needed to succeed like this is why i think it was so safe as well yeah it was like this needed to succeed otherwise we would never ever 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 see any nintendo
2: franchises no, no. on nintendo screen
1: go, like,
4: yeah. <laughs> <Cool. yeah>. right. <laughs> right
2: back into that shell for another
4: 30 years
2: i like, really need to just get this out there real quick, I absolutely loved the 1993 film when I watched it a couple of weeks ago. Huh. I am, like, high-key obsessed like with non,
0: it. Like, non-ironically.
2: Yeah, I th- huh. I mean, it was horrible. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think looking at the Goombas, like, has scarred me. It well though, doesn't it? It was so far from... It basically took everything that Mario is and did the opposite of it. (laughs) Like, almost on purpose. But I loved it. I enjoyed every minute of it. And to be fair, I did sit down and watch it with my group of friends where we all get together and purposely watch really bad films. Mm. So I was... I did watch it and... Like with the expectation of being like, I'm gonna watch a film that is known for being terrible. Oh, okay, but well, I imagine just, watching that
0: with your hopes and dreams pinned on it. Well, like, like, as a kid. no, exactly, <laughs> and I,
2: I'm sure I would have been extremely disappointed. I mean, Bowser was just a guy, like a regular guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it's just it's so funny. But I just I have so much respect for it because they really just did the damn thing. Like they really committed to whatever it was they were trying to do. <laughs> Mm. And I'm not sure what that was, really. <laughs> but like, no one knows. I I have so much respect for that film, and I, uh... I you know, I said that I would probably not watch this Mario film ever again, and be fine with that. I would watch the 1993 Mario film multiple more times. Uh-huh. So, like
1: <laughs> the 1993 <laughs> is your equivalent of what um, the Leprechaun movies are for me. We?
2: Yes. Well, yeah. But I think I just, I don't know. I just, I have so much respect for for films like that. And that's why I watch a lot of like B movies and low budget stuff. Because I'm like, I'm like watching someone who just really wanted to make a film this and thing, they just yeah. did it.
4: Hmm. I'm getting okay. my
2: boxed up because I'm pretty yeah. sure that, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I rated the 1993 one higher than the uh, the new oh, wow. one. I'm going to see. Uh yep I rated <laughs> I rated the the current one the 2023 film Two Stars uh and right. I rated the 1993 one four stars out of wow. five
0: <laughs> I loved you.
2: it <laughs> There you go. <laughs> <laughs> we,
0: need to, we need to study you and, and yeah. <laughs> figure out how that works um so i want to come back to uh, the the idea of like expectations and talk a bit about the narrative before we go to like to, uh, to characters and themes but because one of the things that like, taz you mentioned that like, expectations. so i didn't necessarily so mine wasn't necessarily expectations because it's i was going to see it anyway I, I saw the trailer once mm. and i'm like yeah cool i'll just go see it. it's more of like watching what could have been and i guess when it comes to expectations mine came from Pixar, which is unfair, pretty unfair comparison. But, uh, and I'll explain what I mean by that. So, there are a couple key things that I felt. So, one of them was that it was, it was pretty much a, a frictionless journey. Like, there was very little conflict in there. just like Mario sails through this whole thing. Like, there's even one point mm-hmm. where Mario meets Peach and Peach is like, hey, come on this journey. Uh, cool, let's go. <laughs> Told, yeah, you come too. And it's just, there's, it's, <laughs> everyone just goes back in a merry way. And then, the Mario and Luigi aspect to the film, I feel, was quite a letdown just because they'd set up Luigi as this sort of lacking confidence character, needs his brother to essentially stand up for him. And then there's this whole thing about where we're stronger together, which I quite like. I like that, that theme. But then they separate them. And what I thought it was going to be a, a chance for Luigi to develop that character and and that confidence being on his own but you don't see none of that <laughs> luigi's sidelined for pretty much the majority of the film and then yeah. sort of comes back and didn't really address it but they, they kind of set it up in a very small way and they did didn't address it and there was a lot of that where mm. things were hinted that that could have been themes and this is a what was it, like 90 minute film i feel like it, yeah.
1: sorry i because i agree I and mean, i feel like there's like two reasons that it ended up like this a i feel like there's deleted scenes with luigi and b i feel like they may have thought we don't want to put too much in just in case this does yeah. really well and we create a whole universe uh, of these films yeah. so, and we need to uh, do a luigi's mansion
4: can...
1: film, yeah, <laughs> which think...
2: is very heavily hinted i
0: suspected i suspected there i did will, suspect that
2: there will definitely be another film where luigi gets to be more of a character i think but i I do i felt the exact same way as you nigel especially after we saw that little luigi's mansion like teaser in the original trailer i i I assumed that he might you know have a subplot in the mansion and and Mm. gain some confidence or some ability or some means of not being a whiny scared little guy
0: but then it's missing from this film which they because they had the bit at the end where he kind of say or protects Mario with the, with the I was going to say the shield but the, the manhole cover yeah. thing so the 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 beginning and the end were there yeah in the film so you I, and I I did suspect that yeah there's going to be more yeah. in the, and I've I have mentioned this with Marvel when we talked about Marvel films that they've taken out bits of characterization because there's a there's another film or there's a there's a series and I I get that I'm in some ways, for the most part, I'm I'm for that, but mm-hmm. it does come at a expense of the film that I'm watching right now. Yeah, and that's definitely. I feel that's a shit.
1: And they could have still added it, but I do think there must have been deleted scenes. I think this was release the Snyder Cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think as well they probably I don't know this for sure, but I'm just guessing. I'm sure someone's written an article somewhere, but um, that they probably very much wanted this to fit into that nice ninety minute
2: film. And it not, does perfectly. Not make, like. make it yeah. any longer like fit that timing. I really appreciate it being ninety minutes because mm. I think so many films nowadays want that two hour, two and a half hour
4: yeah, run It doesn't need to be that.
2: that that
3: you don't need that much time. You really don't. <laughs> No, I'm so tired of films not being 90 Minutes anymore, I swear. Like, there was actually a a Netflix category that came up the other day, Films 90 Minutes and Under. I was like, yes. Oh, (laughs) really? That's (laughs) so good. That's cool. That's awesome. (laughs) I mean, that's why I watch
0: Nobody. It's like 90 Minutes, I'm in.
3: Yeah, I remember like seeing film
1: times. I remember when film times had like be le- even less than ninety minutes, like seventy three minutes
4: of a film. <laughs> yeah, and, like yeah. there is
2: literally episodes of a series this long now. <laughs> yeah, well, I think because I watched I watched this in the cinema, and then immediately after I watched the D and D movie. Oh, nice! Which yeah. was cool. about to ask, It's so good. Um, mm. not talking about it at all here because I'm sure you'll, <laughs> we'll do that like we've got, some we've got of the an time. On that, yeah. 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 but it was so good but it was really nice to be able because I, I just think with a lot of run times I wouldn't ever watch two films back to back it would be too much it would be too mm. long to do like in a cinema environment I think in my house sure but yeah I don't know I think more films should be 90 minutes basically bring back 90 minute films um, yeah, yeah, start <laughs> a campaign. shorter games <laughs> and shorter films like yes yeah. let's go
0: uh, I'm, I'm for that. I'm for that. Um, I mean, I don't mind a longer film if it justifies it, but not just because. Yeah. So,
2: yeah. Sometimes it really just they're really just filling out the runtime. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. And then to the point because I did mention Pixar, but it because I've not seen a lot of uh, Illuminations films. I don't feel I have anyway. But I've, I just feel Pixar do a really good job of of finding that balance of providing something that can be seen by younger audiences, but having those those Moments or the themes, or that can be appreciated by older audiences. And the more I see yeah. like other things, the more I appreciate that because it is difficult, it looks easy, but it's, it's difficult to do. And it feels like they just didn't attempt it, which is fine. There's you know, there's multiple ways to make a film and make an animation, but it's just from my personal viewpoint that that's what I felt could have been added in some way.
1: I will say that there are like some, you have to be an adult to get this joke in some of their other films and i am I'm gonna guess that Nintendo would no way let no, them put no. any of those <laughs> in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it, again, it must have been difficult working with Nintendo because there must have been stuff stuffers like just no, we're not doing that.
2: Yeah. I guess like when i look at like kids films that adults can also enjoy i don't mean that it has to have like sex strokes and stuff in it no 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 no. i just because what you said about pixar like the way that i think their films appeal to adults is very much that they don't shy away from more adult themes Mm. and that's yeah what i wish that this had done more of and why i was quite disappointed that well firstly disappointed to hear it was being made by illumination and secondly disappointed when i watched it that it was very much an illumination film and i just yeah i don't know because i I mean i don't hate the despicable me films i i feel like don't hate is my description for everything (laughs) (laughs) i think the first despicable me was fine but when they realized that like kids really like minions they got infinitely worse and I just, yeah, I just, I, I don't think that it needed to have so much over silliness. I suppose. I think I might just not like fun.
1: Yeah, I'm, like, just,
2: yeah. just, <laughs> I'm getting a I'm getting a theme here of like.
0: <laughs> Does your film have fun in it? Pass. Hard pass. <laughs> All right. Um. So, uh, did anyone have any characters that we haven't already mentioned? Um. My favorite was probably Told. I just told us yeah. like, uh, like I'm in, I'm in. We're doing this. we <laughs> adventure. Yep, let's go. I I like that attitude. I, I, I loved did really him. like <laughs> Toad, yeah, was great. I
2: thought he was great. Toad was a real MVP. Yeah, I'm really glad that he didn't have the voice that we know of him. <laughs> like I couldn't have put up with that for the amount of time. But I think that they they struck a good balance. And I think as well they struck a good balance with that character of being silly but not like super overtly silly. Because I really liked mm. the bit where like where they were all getting their cars and everyone came out in their like cool cars or whatever and then he rolled up in this like giant monster truck like I thought that was fun and like that was yeah he couldn't get it
0: started properly either
2: yeah true to character as well
1: like it was so what you'd like you can see that character doing that because of his absolutely yeah
3: he brought great chaotic energy to that film yeah like, yeah the least safe thing about that film was toad
1: <laughs> toad was like this character of like doesn't realize like what toads should do, <laughs> do you know yeah. like, doesn't realize how toad should behave, and so just Which didn't is great. behave how people would expect a toad to behave like all this courage yeah. and and like internal strength, like just just there, like I think Peach. There's one point where Peach is like, "You need to, you need to go and like evacuate with the rest of them,"
2: and he's like, "No, I said, said I'd said like, i protect you. i yeah. protect you."
0: <laughs> Sticks to yeah. his word like that. What's not to like?
2: He has uh, so much integrity. Yeah. Told
0: his the MVP.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and Then, um, in stark contrast, <laughs> uh, Lumily.
4: <Lee>. Oh. <laughs> oh my God!
1: I the- <laughs> I just. Oh, just
0: Speaking of not such,
1: safe, such <laughs> sadness. Yeah. With such what? a
3: cute exterior,
4: oh oh, it was so just this, like
0: that was funny. That was...
3: And Every it was relentless as well, right? Yeah. It one up, it was like this guy isn't gonna stop is it. <laughs> yeah, what was it like? Yay, the something. Like the sweet, sweet of relief of death. death. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but
3: it was <laughs> like
1: wow. this character. The way they were saying it was so light that the character themselves is just so like light and floaty. And <laughs> the world is good. I loved, I absolutely I thought loved it. Was them. That was I was hilarious. I was like, I want more of is... you because I can't take anything you say seriously
4: <laughs> because you're too damn place. adorable.
1: <laughs> but you kind of speak some like dark truths there. <laughs> like, it's like, if my depression voice sounded like that,
3: I wouldn't be depressed for that. Yeah. Long. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised it made the cut actually for a Disney yeah. friendly film. Yeah. I, like, wow.
0: I don't know all this for a fact, but I feel like all that got added after Nintendo gave gave the green
3: light. Yeah. There's
0: Nintendo executives watching the film like, wait, wait, what? What? We never saw this bit. <laughs> and then they saw how much it made, and it's like, ah, it's okay.
1: Yeah. They're like, oh wait, we can we can sell we can sell plushies. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine.
0: It's fine. <laughs> Any other characters before? Because I want to also end with these, uh, <laughs> some of these uh, letterboxed. Yeah, reviews.
1: I mean, <laughs> I've already like mentioned Peach, but I will happily mention Peach again because I feel like i and I feel like Nintendo have kind of just been going in this direction with Peach anyway, but just like losing her damsel in distressness and like yeah. giving her that agency and just. Mm.
0: Capability, competency, and, and yeah. just like coolness.
1: And like, because she is the princess of the Toad Kingdom.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and like giving, just giving her like that agency and and, and especially, you know, you've got Bowser. <laughs> it's, it's just comic. Do you know what? It, like, it was hard. I'm going to talk about Peach and Bowser in one. Let's go. go. Because <laughs> it was hard with Bowser. because. <laughs> And Bowser's like obviously a big tough looking guy and then just I don't know he fits so many like stereotypes of toxic <laughs> men and like I've met this guy so many times yeah they got just that like,
0: impression Either you have me or I burn this whole thing down.
4: (laughs) Whoa. That you somehow
1: owe them something because Mm. they like you. And you're like, um, hold on a second. (laughs) He's just
3: an incel. He is. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) He just is. He has not touched Nintendo grass
4: for
3: a while. And
1: then uh, Princess Peach is just like so strong, like
3: She's literally in a hall
1: where there is only one other person that is on her side. And she's like, I'm going to fight my way out of this. I don't care.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I also, I like when feminine characters are strong and cool, but without losing their femininity. Because I think a lot of times when you have like a, Cool, strong female character in films—they're like one of the guys, and Mm. I I don't wear dresses, blah blah blah, like that kind of thing. But when you have someone like Peach or someone like Buffy or even like Joan from Mad Men, I think are all fantastic Mm. feminine characters because they have so much strength. Yeah, uh, but they still retain like all of that femininity, and I think that that's great—that it doesn't equate. Femininity with weakness. Exactly.
1: Yeah, and like Peach is still wearing her like amazing dresses. Exactly, <laughs> and I'm just like, yes, this is everything to me. <laughs> yeah,
3: she hoists the skirt up. Off she goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: No, I thought that was very well done. And then, I guess Luigi becomes the. The damsel in, in distress.
3: In distress. Uh, yeah, well, they right? really yeah. twisted it because you go in thinking, <laughs> Oh yeah, rescue the princess, you know, and they made a joke about she was oh, yeah. in the castle <laughs> all the time. Like, yeah. Like. So, yeah, that's that was the twist.
0: All right, so I'll quickly go over some wide-thought kind of themes, and then we can end with with some final thoughts and maybe Skywanna throw in some of these reviews. <laughs> so it's kind of like themes where like I said, similar to the Luigi thing was like, it was kind of there, it's hinted at, but then they didn't do the the middle part <laughs> and then uh, maybe had the end. So you had the the chasing the dream thing, which I liked. So Mario as as a character who's trying to make a name for himself and when everyone else around him doubts what he's doing. And I, I like that, I, I get that. Uh, I feel I've lived that uh, for most of my adult life as well. So uh, I like that. And then at the end, he, he comes good. His His dad's like, oh wow, yeah, this is what you can do. That's cool. Uh, we had the daddy issues because both Mario and ducky Kong have the my dad doesn't believe in me. And I felt that was something that maybe could be explored or maybe will be explored in, in a sequel or a spin-off or or something. But that they is kind a
1: true superhero movie.
0: It really is, isn't it? It was <laughs> like it's cause it's running through the MCU like father issues. <laughs> so <laughs> which is is yeah, is is here too. So they kind of they bond over that in a way and there's sort of a frenemy thing going on which is kind of cool and then mario mentions it this idea of stronger together and i quite like the we mentioned bowser being the sort of uh, toxic incel kind of character the other thing to uh, add to his misery is there was a, a nice parallel of so the idea of stronger together where mario like explicitly makes that point but then through his journey he brings together so like him and peach and toad and kongs and then you have Bowser, who's sort of doing it by dictates, so was like, <laughs> "I'm the ruler, I'm the boss," and you see how that falls apart for him because he's quite, in a sense, he's quite lonely. Mm. He's, you know, he's got all these people that have to do what he he says, but he's still alone. Whereas Mario and Luigi make friends and they build a, a stronger team, and I I like that as well. So, any final thoughts as we throw in some of these reviews? So before. We were well, actually well before we could, when we were arranging this, um, Sky pointed me in the, in the direction of letterbox reviews. So <laughs> I was having a quick look uh, around this and there's a few, there's one in particular, which I didn't even, I don't think this makes sense, but I'll, uh, abbreviate this. I said, this is from, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to read the usernames and it will set the tone for what you're about to hear, <laughs> but it's a half star review from Jack Broadzilla. Who says why did Bowser not just trap Mario in one of his Seven Cooper hotels? Is he stupid? Question mark. And failing that, surely he would have poisoned him with some of his patented sourpuss bread, which even Mario Normies, am I Mario Normie? I don't know. Even Mario Normies know of just a lot of missed opportunities here to use facts and logic, and they didn't. You know what a problem is with these modern movies? Too many toasters, and you know what they say: all toasters, toast, toast, toast. Enough said. <laughs> I, I I was pleasantly amused with that. I was I, he had me up until, until toasters. Yeah, yeah I, <laughs> he had me until toasters.
2: <laughs> I would like to combat that review with my favorite five-star review of the film. Let me see who it was by, so that I can give them proper credit. It's by a user called Sir Chill, and it's five stars, and it just says one word: Mario. <laughs> That's all you need. <laughs> Yeah, no. So I do. I do. Yeah, I do think some of the really low reviews are a little bit harsh. Uh, I think there
4: that. are some There's, quite harsh
2: ones. Well, the other one that you put on the dock there that was half a star by Gabriel FF. Uh, this feels like a movie you'd watch yes. on a plane during a 10 hour flight, but not like the first one that you'd watch. It would be the second or third film which you'd watch because you're bored and can't fall asleep. Uh, I think that's like accurate i think that's a really accurate way to describe this film and It is like I the third or fourth film i'd watch on a long-haul flight because i was really bored
0: but then he also <laughs> says and you can't fall asleep thanks to the one kid who's on a sugar wash and will still kick in the back of your seat yeah
2: but i do yeah i think i i've got some of my favorite ones up here that are just really succinct ihe says illumination's best movie and it still sucks two stars <laughs> 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 which I did think was fantastic. And then I've just seen a new one that I, I didn't see before, which gives it a three star reviews. The user's just called TY and it says Princess Peach is everything. He's just Mario, which I love. And it's a fantastic <laughs> nod to Barbie.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I cannot wait for that film, by the way. can't wait I, for like, that. that. Yeah, film. same. I'm so I've, already, I've, I've already said it. it's got to be in
2: the schedule. Excellent. Yeah, I'm, I'm so intrigued by it. I
1: I do want to add a final thought about the film though. Yes. And I really love this film, but there was a thing that uh, like, I don't know, made me feel weird about it was, so while we're like in the real world at the beginning, just nothing goes right for Mario and Luigi. It was like cringely, like everything went wrong, like just super bad luck of everything. And I was like, Oh this is going to make this one of those films that makes me really anxious because things should should just be should go fine and then they should just not and then it didn't happen like as soon as they got to the mushroom kingdom it was just like
0: smooth sailing smooth
1: sailing mm. which is just really weird and almost jarring and yeah.
3: Was it like a relief jarring after being made so anxious, being made to feel um, so anxious about everything going wrong? And then you're like, oh gosh, how's it going to get worse? But it's like, oh, it's okay. It's fine. Oh, relax. Oh. In one
1: way, yes. But mm. in another way, no. Because it was like, why did you feel me with so much anxiety? Because normally if a film does that, then I'm like feeling so anxious, but then things slowly start to get go their way because of like whatever. Mm. But it was like, it was jarring because it was just suddenly, it was like get to mushroom kingdom and we're going to forget that these two have really bad luck no <laughs> apart from luigi but even though it yeah. wasn't
3: that much bad luck it was like a little bit
0: he got to where he needed to be
3: yeah <laughs> yeah maybe the law flipped on its head like they have bad luck in the real world but good luck in the mushroom kingdom that's just how their mario Luigi's luigi <laughs> <look> works <laughs> maybe but
1: yeah it was just it was just, one of those things that just i don't know maybe maybe feel a bit weird about the film other than that, mm. I of my promotion loved, it. I loved it. it. was fine. It, um,
2: yeah, it did seem like there were like not really any stakes towards the end, which, you yeah. know, again, is probably like an editing thing, probably a runtime thing. I think overall, like, in terms of final f- thoughts about this film, like I said, didn't hate it. The, the best thing that I can kind of say about it is that it makes me intrigued to see what comes next. You know, we've pretty much... Mm sealed the deal that we're going to get another one and i think now that they've done the boring intro film that doesn't add a lot and just references a bunch of stuff that we already know about now with the next film they can do something interesting and that's what i want and what i'm excited Mm -hmm. about for the future
0: but it is Nintendo. You know Nintendo can easily just run that back and, and do it again, <laughs> and, and, and look at you and not care. <laughs> and... I'm
1: also curious, though, so, because you mentioned like what else we're gonna see, and obviously like there's there's not a whole studio for them now. But um, I've seen a lot of posts that are like, oh yeah, let like let Illumination do all of these franchises, make films for all of these franchises for Ooh. what Nintendo for franchises? Nintendo, yeah. Oh. And mm. I was like. E, but before I'd even seen the film, I was like, "No, please, it's no, no." Down. yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs> and
1: then when I watched the film, I'm like, "No, please, no, no," because I think this is good for a Mario film, but yeah. like, you wanna you wanna put like the Legend of Zelda through the same treatment? No, no, no. That needs to be like a Japanese animation um studio
2: doing that. They. Also, didn't include like any references to like Zelda or Kirby or any of the other really big IPs when they had a lot of references to their smaller IPs. So I think that they would purposely do that so as not to tie those IPs to illumination at all. So that they can pursue those properties with like other places. Mm. So like what
1: I sort of wanted to ask then is like, is there are you hoping that like nintendo make more movies and possibly tv shows with some of their other franchises
2: i would love to see something inspired by the lore and the imagery of zelda but i don't i think that's one where i'd really be hoping for more of a sonic than a mario in terms Mm. of if you give me something inspired by zelda i don't want a retread of the types of things that happen in the game i want you to take these characters that i love and this lore that i find really interesting in this world that i love exploring and give me something new in it
3: mm.
0: yeah i feel that laura do you have any last thoughts or things that we haven't mentioned that you want to uh, touch on
3: so i too would like to see something zelda ish But maybe not Zelda, I don't know. It'd be quite interesting (laughs) to see how they'd spin that. But yeah, end credits.
4: Oh.
2: Oh
3: yeah. You know
0: what? I'm just going to say this. Not every film needs post credit scenes.
2: Yes. Like, Sorry. we,
0: it's not, this isn't mad. that deep. Like, I, I, I get really it. Marvel it. started the trend and it makes sense to a certain extent because they got the whole interconnected world. Not yeah. everyone needs to do that. You could wrap this up before the credits. You don't need credit. I,
2: I didn't even see it. I didn't even know it was there. I well, didn't see the um, second one. More than that, the yeah, you don't one? need two post credit scenes. And also, from someone who spent eight years working in the cinema industry, I hate. Post-credit scenes. And all the people that I knew at the cinema from when I worked there were so stressed out when I went to see Mario because it's a really short film and people are staying right until the end. Normally, you use a lot of the credits time to clean the auditorium before the next performance, and you don't get a huge turnaround when you're cleaning that screen. So, that credits time is really, really valuable. And when filmmakers are forcing people to stay right till the very end and it's a kids film as well so you know it's going to be a mess <laughs> like <laughs> the, you have so many showings of this film a day you have people staying right to the very end so you have such a short turnaround time and you have people making more of a mess than they would for yeah. like an adult oriented film like it makes me really mad like you don't need a post-credit scene stop doing that you're ruining <laughs> the lives of the people who have to sweep the popcorn in that screen in 10 minutes and also like carpet. it's it's one thing waiting for like a Marvel
1: post-credit scene where you're like, oh, this is lining me up for whatever right. next film is coming out. It's completely different. Or like, what? What? I can't remember what film it was that I watched, and and they done one, and I was like, I sat here for for what? That like, there was no like, yeah. no addition.
2: It doesn't well, add anything. <laughs> this this one as well. It was like I didn't really understand why the post-credit scene was what it was because it was a Yoshi egg being like in the overworld, I guess, like in the real world. But we already okay. saw Yoshis like halfway through the film. We saw loads of them, in fact, like a whole herd of them running around. So we so what was it? Well, was this it meant Yoshi. To be? <laughs> well yeah, but like it was like, oh Yoshis exists. Like Yoshi's gonna be in the next one, maybe ha ha but like I, I know, because I just saw a bunch of them. I could I could have <laughs> guessed that myself.
1: I guess it's like the light, like for what they have planned for the next movie, must be Yoshi I in just... the like. It's not just like that. Yoshi It's like it is about Yoshi <laughs> in the
2: real. Like maybe it's Super Mario Sunshine. I'm just, yeah, I'm just <laughs> salty about post-credit scenes in general. Yeah. I did not feel that it needed to exist. No, no
0: I, I agree. But uh, yeah, all right. So I, yeah, kind of like, echo. I, 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 yeah, it was good. It was, it was obviously well made. I guess I would have liked more, but what it did was fine. And we're going to get more. That's, uh, <laughs> that's for sure. We're going to see Yoshi. Mm-hmm. We're going to see all of that. So interesting to see what Nintendo do, especially as so Sky mentioned, after the success, will they expand i'll say it again i can fully expect nintendo just to do copy and paste do the same thing and nintendo operate like that so i we... really
2: want them to put in the shiitake like the really tall lanky mario from super mario maker i want that power up in the next film, please nintendo
0: yeah i mean yeah the power ups. I mean there is a weird thing with the power ups because there's like oh. Whole is it a pro performance in hearts and drugs thing anyway oh, um I, haven't even considered yes. that. Oh. <laughs> I will leave you with that note as we wrap up this story no, it's, discussion it's a completely
1: different non, non-real real world come on now <laughs> it's a kingdom of mushrooms <laughs> that's
2: what they'll be calling steroids next yeah just, have you taken your just one-ups
0: mushroom. <laughs> you heard it here first people um <laughs> so yeah that is our discussion let us know what you think of the film did you enjoy it did you think there was something missing or somewhere in between so before we wrap up for this episode uh, let me give you this week's storytelling tip Each time we do a deep dive on the podcast, I do like to pull out a storytelling tip for others to consider when making their stories. So, this is a consideration from someone who also creates stories and likes to learn from the techniques or mistakes of others. So, for today's episode, I wanted to discuss building contrast in characters. So, it's a tip about creating contrast in the story, and something I do feel that the Mario movie missed out on. We've already spoken about the lack of conflict and uh, and that, but I also wanted to highlight the lack of contrast specifically. So that's between characters and also within the characters for the most part. Because, for the most part, some instances aside, uh, the story, the characters in the story don't necessarily change in any meaningful way. So they don't necessarily learn lessons or that further their character growth. And they're all pretty much the same at the end as they were in the beginning for the most part. Or if they do change, uh, the plot moves along so fast that we don't actually see how they change good example, as mentioned, is Luigi, who does start off as this timid, fearful, and seemingly completely dependent on Mario character. By the end of the story, I kind of get the impression he's grown enough to leap to the defense of Mario um, in the line of danger when Cooper fires fire <laughs> in the direction of Mario. Um, but we literally haven't seen any of that progression in the scenes leading up to that moment. So you can't create a story without major conflict as long as you have some kind of contrast. So that is some kind of change from one extreme to the other. So sadness changes to happiness or despair to hope. Hurt changes to forgiveness. But because of the lack of conflict and nothing in this film genuinely feels like there's stakes attached. So there's no contrast uh, either. Except for Luma Lee, the prisoner of Bowser's, whose very cute exterior is at complete odds with a very dark outlook on life. Contrast. Examples in some other stories of contrast are uh, the anime One Punch Man, where the main character, Saitama, is a bold and seemingly unassuming and bored hero. Bold and bored. However, his power is unmatched and he can literally defeat any opponent with just one punch. So it's kind of that subversion of the typical hero cliche that makes him unique and compelling and very funny in that sense. And additionally, the contrast between... Saitama's power and his mundane life adds more depth and complexity to the character. And I mentioned Bob Odenkirk earlier, and in the series Breaking Bad, the protagonist there, Walter White, starts off as this mild-mannered high school chemistry teacher who turns to cooking and selling meth to provide for his family after he's diagnosed with cancer. But his actions over the show reveal a ruthless and calculating side that grows and grows over the season. And that's in contrast that contrast within the character creates that tension and conflict and raises questions about the morality of his choices and and kind of ours by extension of watching so the contrast can be external as well as internal and in the comic book series saga uh, the two main characters Alana and Marco are from warring species and that creates a contrast between them but their love for each other subverts that star lovers cliche and makes their relationship more compelling so we talked over like the, the sort of safe, safe choices made in the production of this film and one of the consequences is that lack of contrast and conflict that could have elevated the story just a little bit but it still made a ton of money so what do I know uh but Luma Lee's contrast created in my opinion lots of genuinely funny moments in the story and stood apart from a cast of largely contrastless characters. So here are some things to keep in mind to avoid making the same mistakes in your story. Unless you are a Nintendo and pulling from over a three decade of established franchise recognition, then you can do what you want. Uh so number one is You can create contrasting emotions, so that's a great way to connect with the audience. You can have something where there's cheerful cries at a party can contrast with someone in the corner who is forcing a smile. Character's goals and motivation can help create contrasting emotions between their internal desires and external actions or situations, as well as the contrasting emotions with other characters. Number two is contrast in circumstances. So, a character's past experience can help bring in contrast between their internal and external selves. So, for example, a character who grew up in poverty but now lives a life of luxury may struggle with feelings of guilt and imposter syndrome, creating internal contrast. Other good sources are fish out of water stories or being the odd one out or putting characters in setting that contrast with the mood of the story. So, I really liked the contrast we saw in the first Wonder Woman film where Diane was taken from the kind of ideal picturesque Themyscira to the hustle and bustle of 1940s uh, wartime London. Number three is contrasting characters. Opposites attract. Whether it's star-crossed lovers or pairing a young naive police officer with an old experienced one makes for an interesting contrast and a natural source of conflict. So, for example, in The Silence of the Lambs, where the main character, Clarice, is a young and inexperienced FBI agent who is tasked with interviewing the imprisoned and very experienced serial killer, Hannibal Lecter. So the contrast between their background skills, their goals, creates tension and conflict throughout that story. And last, number four is contrasting visuals. So visuals can be used to create a powerful impact and a good way to evoke symbolism. So by combining different visual elements like color or lighting or design, depending on the medium, you can create a memorable visual style that complements your story's theme and tones. One of the good uses of this is in Stranger Things where the brightly colored 80s inspired sets and costume create a visual contrast with the dark and menacing atmosphere of the story so that contrast creates a sense of nostalgia and in- innocence on one hand but also highlights the danger lurking beneath the surface on another so creating character contrast and subverting those cliches can make a story more engaging and emotionally impactful and key less predictable again unless you're nintendo and uh, the franchise is mario so keep that in mind because uh <laughs> the rest of us aren't um when developing your story You can let us know if you're making your own story, what you think about contrast in characters, jump in our Discord or send us an email to feedback at myamada.com. So that's the tip. Tazzy. let's check in with our guests before
1: we wrap. So we love to hear a bit more about what each of you are up to and any interesting projects or any news you want to share with us. So we'll start with Sky, do you want to let us know a bit about what you've got coming up?
2: Yeah, sure. Safe and our world actually has some exciting things happening right now. So as Nigel said at the beginning of the show, we are a mental health charity specifically for the video games industry and gamer community. We're doing a big fundraiser throughout the month of May called Play Your Way. The idea behind the fundraiser is to combat gatekeeping in the games community. Uh, So The campaign kind of encourages people to play whatever game they want, however they want, with whomever they want, and it will be raising funds for the vital work that we do in mental health. You can find out more information about that at safeinourworld.org. And we're also launching a physical well-being journal in the summer, so only a few months to go until it releases now, and it is a of journaling prompts and sort of mindfulness activities that are all inspired by games, um, a huge broad range of games, and with the intention of, you know, helping you to connect with yourself more and and incorporate mindfulness into your daily life. And you can see some examples of that and sign up to be notified of when it goes on sale at journal.safeinourworld.org. So I saw like the
1: post when it was announced and I was like this, looks amazing yeah (laughs) I can't wait (laughs) like it just looks so good um and like from the preview pages it just looks like there's a nice bit of variety in it it makes me wish I could journal. Um, so I really <laughs> I really want to well, find someone I can give this as a gift gift to.
2: That's the thing, cause like I I co-wrote it um along with Rosie also from Safe in Our World and Harry from Peregrine Coast Press. And and kind of the idea behind it was I don't do journaling. I don't like mindfulness really. Like I just yeah, I think it'll be a nice intro for people who who aren't really used to doing those activities or who don't think that they can or or whatever yeah i definitely think it it is one that would be great for anyone that can use a
1: physical journal
4: yeah (laughs) i just cannot (laughs) like my adhd
1: too many books like i have so many notebooks and so many journals that i've started if it's physical it will get lost (laughs) I will forget about it (laughs) but it's definitely one that I'm like like I just I want to give it to someone as a gift like I really I have to buy it (laughs)
4: yeah I'm probably just gonna
1: (laughs) order it and then wait until it's like until I like find the perfect person to to give it as a gift or maybe I'll do a giveaway or something but (laughs) yeah it is it's so amazing like it is I'm really looking forward to seeing seeing uh the whole of it um, oh, thank what you. prompts and everything that are in it because it, it's and it's just so it's just so nicely designed
2: <laughs> oh thank you yeah the the art was done by in part by Tristan Maguire who works for Airship Interactive and in part by Meg Dobbin who works at Peregrine Coast Press so they've both made some like really 10 out of 10 illustrations for it that are super mm. cute absolutely love that um and Laura what about you do you want to let us
1: know a bit of
3: any projects you've got? Sure, it's guy, that sounds so nice. Oh, oh okay. thank you. Yeah, I'm looking forward. I'm gonna to have to look deep into these lovely projects and put some in my shopping basket, I think frankly. I too mm-hmm. am also terrible at journaling. I did like half a year's worth of bullet journal and then fell straight out of my head. So yeah and, <laughs> um folks might know my online name is Pink Apple Jam. And I run a website that's my gallery and info about my Patreon and the comics and the projects that I do, PinkAppleJam.com. And um, a subsection of that is dedicated to my comic, that's Biomecha Comic. And my comic is a sci-fi drama um, about growing up in this near future world of imperfect cybernetics And it's got this mix of rollercoaster relationships in it. There's your protagonists, they're in love and they've got their friends that take the mickey out of them because they're so lovey-dovey. But the thing is, each of these kids has something that kind of stops them functioning in the real world. So they've ended up at this cybertechnic all-purpose high school. There's a tiny octopus in it, his, the octopus's name is Squishy-Chan. So if you like (laughs) things, (laughs) Squishy-Chan may appeal to the readership as well so yeah it starts off as like this romantic comedy when i started reading a lot of manga in the 90s um, there was a lot of cyberpunk out but there wasn't really anything for my demographic so i was inspired to kind of start my own and i've just i've kept on doing it and for about the past 15 years i'm like it will conclude it will conclude but folks it will genuinely conclude because i'm i'm almost at the end of the final issue side one, side A, I've got side A and side B. So I've got about 100 pages to go and then it's done. And that third graphic novel will be out. So you can see the progress of this the development of my artwork from when I was like 15 and kind of learning <laughs> being inspired by manga to like all the way up to the age that I am now and it's gone from you know drawing on A4 paper with pens and rulers to drawing with Photoshop and Clip Studio like the technology has evolved as well as hopefully my artwork as well. So it's been it's been a proper lifelong art project but it's 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 I've tried to tell the story that i wanted to tell and i i'll end up finishing it and uh, yeah there's two graphic novels out compiling i think it's like 550 pages prior and then the third book will be like 300 pages i think at this rate but it will be done it's just going to take me a long time <laughs> and i always say everyone's support to anyone doing any comics because comics uh, doing comics is a very labor intensive and you end up throwing stuff onto the internet and you get, like, two hearts from your friends who are online at the same time, <laughs> it's, it can be very, quite, kind of upsetting, kind of like, oh, okay, but you've got to do it for yourself. So I kind <sighs> of want my comic to be that poster child for other people who also have their stories to tell. I want to read them, you know? We've got to get our comics out there and tell our stories um, and buy yeah. it mine. So, yeah, if, if you have time, if you jump onto pinkapplejam.com, all my info about all my comics will be up there. Um, I'll be it. Portsmouth Comic Con, um, Saturday 3rd and Sunday 4th of June. It should be good. And I was really pleased to have been able to like do those talks that we did last year
4: yeah. as well.
3: Um, I'll also be at Doki Doki Manchester Japanese Festival in September. And I'm going to pop along to Tokunatsu in August and Hotaru in Milton Keynes, August and November. Although I haven't applied oh. for artist alley table yet at Hotaru but I need to do that. Will you be going as well, Sky? Well, that's that's where I am. So uh-huh.
4: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. yeah, sure. Also,
3: <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> I've already paid for my membership, and then they released tables, and I was like, oh, I've got to pay for it again. Oops. Okay, so I have to wait <laughs> for payday. For some income to come to sort that out. Um, but yeah, okay, great. Maybe we'll meet up at Hotel then. Brilliant. Yeah,
1: love that. Um, we will make sure that we have links in the show notes to to both. Thank you so much for for coming on and sharing with us what lovely projects you're both working on at the moment.
3: Thank you for having us. Yeah, it was great. Thank you for having
0: us. Appreciate you spending the time. I would love to go to Doki Doki, but I've been blacklisted. That's another story. Uh, I'll save that for another time. (laughs)
3: That's a podcast (laughs) for another time. That's how you tease a sequel,
0: (laughs) Nintendo. Um, So if you have enjoyed this episode of Story X Story, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss another one. And consider giving us a five-star rating and review because that helps us reach new listeners and fans of story discussions. Uh, We're also story creators, and you can discover our manga universe online. All our titles can be bought through the online store, including the latest release series Through the Fog. You can also join our Discord today and get ready for our coming Studio 77 membership. You'll get access to our video content. You also get access to our comic and illustration content early access to tickets for my matter events and a flashy new website uh, as well so it's all in the works Uh, also in the works although is now out this year's do i look like a gamer video game representation campaign this is now a yearly initiative for diversity and inclusion in the video games industry and culture so we're as we record we are releasing this is the first day of releasing the photos to a day until we get to all the 40 and all, all um, are out. And then we've also got event plans, other activities planned throughout the year. So check out the website, looklikeagamer.com and uh, yeah, see uh, everything that we're, that we're working on. For the podcast, we release new episodes on Thursdays and they include creator interviews, video game discussions and deep dives into stories across pop culture like this one you can always give us a shout directly. Our email address is feedback at myamada.com and our website with links to subscribe is myamada.com forward slash story x story. So thank you for tuning in. And until next time, stay safe. And remember, we hope you in, didn't hate this podcast, but even if you did, the uh, four hour long Schneider car is going to come out uh, very, very soon. And um, we're sure you'll, you'll like that one. So take care, everyone. I'll also eat your mushrooms. I'll just leave that there.